Welcome to Constructed Curiosity, a podcast that aims to expand your horizons and promote personal growth by exploring various topics and having conversations with extraordinary people. I'm your host, Casey Sprague. Thank you for joining me, and let's start the show. So this is part two of my interview with Bernie Piacente. If you haven't heard the first part, go back to episode 39 and get all caught up. But this portion of the interview focused more on her leadership style and you know different life advice that she wanted to give everyone. So again, just you know, check out Constructive Curiosity at SFCConsultingServices.com as well as liking the channel on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Hope you enjoy the second part of the interview. I want to backtrack here a little bit. So yeah. Before you took that leadership position, did you see yourself as a leader? Did you consider yourself a leader? Uh, I was actually leading uh, at the studio that I was at before. Um, I had bounced around different jobs through in that studio. Like I was there for like four years uh, and bounced through a bunch of different jobs. And one of those was a leadership job. Um, I think like uh, right before that happened, Right before I got the lead position, it it uh, it didn't really cross my mind. I you know like I knew I was good with people, um, and that was just kind of that. Uh, and one one day, my lead came up to me and he's like, "So how do you feel about taking the next step in uh, starting in leadership?" And I was like, "I mean, that sounds cool." what what does that mean exactly like what do you need from me and you know it was a little bit more responsibilities with the with the work but the most you know the most promising part was the side of getting to work more with the team and creating this environment where people wanted to work and wanted to you know felt like they were contributing um and that's always kind of why I want to stay in leadership is I am, you know, happy to go to bat for other people that, you know, feel like they're not able to or scared to. Um, and I want to make sure, you know, that the team has this environment that they feel like they're contributing. They feel like they belong. Um, and that's always been kind of my driving force is like, you know, you need, you need people around you to be happy and want to do the work. If you want to have good work, um, like if you want to get the best out of people, then you need to, you know, either, uh, ask them, you know, what do you need to make sure that you're happy with your work and you're doing the, you know, the best that you can. Um, And that's where I've always kind of been driven to lead is, you know, how can I bring out the best in people and how can I, you know, make sure that somebody doesn't have to go through the the same struggles that I have. Uh, And that's, yeah, that's kind of been my driving force. And I like, I had no idea that I was doing these things (laughs) until somebody was like, yeah, you should probably be leading. And I was like, "Uh, okay. And the thing you brought up earlier too, or like, you know, if you're not in a leadership position, it's just like calling you back to it. And I can relate to that totally because any position I'm in that's not leadership and people who can look at it from a negative angle, like, oh, you have to be in charge. It's not that. It's just, it's a different, more rewarding role. You know, your success, it feels good. Like you did a good job. Good for you. High five yourself. 
But when yeah. you can take someone who's struggling and get them to that level, and you play even just the tiniest part, their success means so much more to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that that also rolls into why uh, I really enjoy mentorship. Um, I think it's hugely important. Obviously, I work for a school, uh, CG Spectrum, but like I think it's important to have that anywhere. Uh, you know, every job that I've gone after, one of the questions that I ask is, you know, is there mentorship? Is there a program for this? Is there somebody that I'm going to be paired with or that somebody that can be paired with me uh, so that, you know, we can share information and share, you know, our experiences and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've always felt, you know, mentorship is so important and that's, you know, it's super rewarding to, you know, have a student leave the class and then get a job, get their first job, you know, in the industry. And they're like, did you see my name in the credits? So you're like, you know, that kind of like that feeling is just uh, like, it's hard to describe. I like for people that, that haven't experienced, you know, helping somebody in that way, the, like, I don't even know how I would put that into words, to be honest. <laughs> From my perspective, and not in any negative connotation, it's similar to when your child achieves a milestone, except for the fact that this is a fully functioning adult who has a masterful skill at something that's very challenging. So instead of taking first steps, they're doing something that, you know, they didn't know they could do. You help them unlock that potential to achieve something. It's just it's yeah. an amazing feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like, I, I think like rewarding is kind of like an understatement, you know, like the, the like, it like, it like fills you up. It's not just like, oh, like, that's great. I'm so happy for them. They're like, I'm going to scream from the rooftops. Like you got, you're awesome. <laughs> exactly. Oh, God. And I said, then. It's almost it's, it's almost a high like you're not chasing the high for the wrong reasons but it's like yeah that's what makes your work fulfilling that's yeah, what makes exactly. you work in the morning and if you don't have that kind of just going through the motions yeah yeah exactly and that's like where i'm at now i'm trying to get back into leadership and it's you know it, some some places are a little bit more um like they make it more difficult to do something that should be so simple to do. Um, you know, like leadership, like to us, leadership is more about the people and less about the like technical work of anything, you know, when you go. So I went to a women in leadership conference um, and there were so many similar experiences and ways of thinking uh, about how, you know, how you lead a really good team. And these are from, you know, there's like, there were people from the police force and the government and, you know, our VFX industry. And we all had these similarities. And do you know what we talked, what we didn't talk about during this entire conference of how to technically do anything? You know, like it wasn't about the the physical work of the job. It was how 
you deal with the people that you're working with and how you create this this environment that feels welcoming and you are open to being vulnerable with your team and they're you know op- you make it so that they can be vulnerable with you um so i think it's funny when companies have this strict you know you have to be this technical to lead and it's like no you're not understanding what leadership is it's a different job you know it's it's not about how you do the job itself yeah sure you can you know troubleshoot some technical issues that is helpful for your team but you know when it comes down to it you need happy people to do good work um and you know i'm in the business of making happy people <laughs> you're speaking you're still speaking my language because I mean, especially <laughs> living, the military is a very you know it is what it is you, you have your roles you have positions and they understand that you know from a leadership position you're never going to be as technically sound as the person that you know does whatever their job is whether it's building bridges you're not going to be the expert at building the bridge there's going to be people that build bridges much better than you and so when i took my first job in software you know, there's people like, well, what are you doing here? You don't know anything about software other than like very basics. Yeah, but I know how to get people who know how to do things to work together well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this struggle in a couple other places too. They're like, well, you don't understand this, that, or whatever. You don't have a basic understanding. Yeah, but I can get all the people who know how to do it together. Yeah, and do exactly. It well as one team. So yeah, you need to know. So you can't just come in as a total nobody. You got to figure yeah. it out, or you got to teach yourself, or whatever you got to do. But Really, technical people don't always translate to good leaders. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And something that I've always asked about when, you know, talking about leadership at a company, if I'm not in that leadership position, I go, is there leadership training? And I'm not talking about, like, you know, the technical part of it. I'm talking about people management and every time they're like well we've got like this like technical video or we've got this page that you can read it's like you're like you're missing the point um (laughs) and you know this is why you get a lot of bad leadership and it's like you know they get put into the position because they're good at their job it's like that doesn't mean that you're going to be a good fit to lead other people to do the job that you've been doing. Um, and a lot of the time, uh, the kind of like dangerous part of people getting into leadership is not being able to let go, you know, not being able to delegate and, <laughs> you know, you, you need to be able to just, you know, allow other people to do what they need to do. And, uh, you know, you can't do everything. If you try to do everything, you're going to burn yourself out. And, you know, watching that happen to people, I've seen it myself. It's just, you know, terrible. Oh, it is. You know, shameless plug for my next book. It's not a work of fiction. It's actually a leadership <laughs> book is what I'm going to work on now. And yeah, that's, it's a lesson. And the more experienced a leader, again, I'm not going to say I'm a genius or I've done anything great. I've made a lot of mistakes along the way, so many. But that's the first identifier of a junior leader and that's what i always tell people when i work with them and I get there, especially their counterpart i'll be like and a conversation with you like this is what i'm observing you doing you're over you're over grabbing you're micromanaging you're very you're too defensive of your people 
you know, people having criticism for other people is not a bad thing as long as it's appropriate and constructive and it's trying to help them improve. But young leaders love to lash back. No, these are my people. Leave them alone. Don't bother them. I yeah. protect them. Because <laughs> you haven't understood the fact that other people can help your team grow. It's not just yeah. your team. You can't do everything. Yeah. When you work for micromanagers, I've worked for micromanagers. You hate your yeah. life. It is yeah. miserable. Miserable. Yeah. So, yeah, so you can. Goodness gracious, I'm going to have to have you come in and write a couple chapters of the book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, like, it, it's so bizarre that a lot of the, the places that have these leadership roles, the people that are putting people in that role, they're just like, oh, they're really good at their job. It's like, yeah, but leadership is a different job. So, you know, like the the responsibilities are completely different and you know yeah they can do a lot of good work but you know that's not that's not what it's about um and yeah having <laughs> having uh, having been that person too like you know like i'm not all sunshine and rainbows you know, over here <laughs> but you know i've i've looking back and like oh yeah i definitely could have done something different in that situation you know like i i felt you know at the time i was like yeah i'm making sure everybody knows what they're doing and then you go oh i am micromanaging oh crap uh so being able to you know look at yourself and go i'm not perfect but i can you know turn this situation around for the next you know the next group um and uh, I took a uh, compositing supervisor course um, to to get ready for the next level, and um, there was a lot in that course that I was like, I had not thought about that at all, and it's a lot of it had to do with the the way that you're um, coming across to your team uh, to take a step back and actually think like what is my team seeing of me? Like, not what am I, you know, what am I in control of and what, you know, what am I doing? But what, what can you see that, you know, your team is seeing from you? And that was a really pivotal moment to, to be like, oh, I am making mistakes on my own. And, uh, you know, I can, I can change this now and, you know, be a better leader. Um, and I think like, one of the uh, women in leadership conference things was uh, failure being an acronym for first first attempt in learning, or sorry, fail being the first attempt in learning. And you know, when you hear it like that, you're like, oh, I get it now, right? Like it's okay to you know fail the first time you're trying to do something, um, but as long as you're able to pick yourself up and learn from that experience you know, you're going to be a better person for it moving forward. Um, so, yeah, like I, you know, I feel bad for the people that I had to like, that had to deal with me micromanaging when I first started. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've learned from that and, you know, grown as a leader to, to realize that like, I don't need to do that. You I can trust that you can do your job and I can just tell you this is what needs to be done and let's, you know, 
figure out how we need to get there. Uh, you know, you take the lead on it and you tell me, you know, what you think that you need. Uh, and uh, if I can help with that, then I'm absolutely going to be that person to, to do that. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's, it's something that I really enjoy and it's something I'm really passionate about and it's something I talk about all the time in interviews with companies. Uh, the first thing, like the first question that I have is almost always having to do with leadership, whether it's, you know, um, how, uh, is there, is there like a clear pathway for people to get into leadership? And it's not because you're like, oh, I want the lead title. It's because you want to be the person to, to help the team and make the bigger decisions. And, you know, if, if you're needing to fight for someone that isn't able to, like you can be that person um, or somebody needs help, uh, you know, you can be the person to, either lend the hand or find somebody that else, uh, like somebody else that, that can help in that situation. You know, so sometimes the things are completely out of your hands, right? Like I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life, but I can point you in the direction of somebody that can assist you, you know, somebody that's actually qualified for that. Um, but, you know, having to do the day-to-day -day job and, you know, making sure that people are happy and have what they need and feel like they're part of something, then, you know, that's, that's all me. Um, but yeah, I, you know, being in, in leadership has like kind of kept me in the industry. If I'm being honest, <laughs> there's some days you work on shows, you're like, what is this garbage? Or like everything's going terribly wrong, but leadership has always kind of been you know something that i always want to have a little like a hand in and um especially with having people not have to go through the same garbage that i did um you know like if i can help that then i will absolutely do that <laughs> nobody should have to struggle the way that i had to struggle um so yeah being able to to be that for, for a team or for just, you know, a couple of people, uh, that's, that's really what keeps me going. It's funny, the, the indoctrination in every industry is what I decided, like, this is the way it's always been, this is the way it has to be, you have to struggle here to do this. <laughs> yeah. And then you realize at a certain point, why, why are you forcing people to go through this? Exactly. If not, what did you benefit from doing that? Maybe you got tougher, quote unquote. But you really just became better and jaded. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, exactly. You're like, why? <laughs> if you can explain to me exactly why without saying, oh, like, you know, using uh, crutch terms like, oh, you need to put in the time and like, what? <laughs> like, no, no. <laughs> used to have the joke so you know you, in, the, in the military you're a lieutenant for like four years i guess so you do a couple years here and then you do like three years in a regular unit employ probably and then you come back to what's called career course like having a career course you get promoted that is the most miserable group of human beings <laughs> you ever want to meet i mean i enjoyed my time there but it's just a bunch of really jaded people yeah working together i mean you have a good time because it's a gentleman's course because the lessons army calls it like 
So it's not really that, it used to not be that hard. It was mostly just you just learning stuff and having a good time and relaxing. Hey, it was just the most jaded people because what did you do <laughs> for the last four years? You just got punched in the face every day. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to make sure that when I get back into leadership, that that's not something that I'm bringing to the table, you know, like you don't, you don't want this like dark cloud <laughs> being the one that's like, oh, you know, I'm here to tell you how to do your job. <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> Pass. Next. <laughs> like, I I think that, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the poor leadership that I've seen, it's like the, they're so jaded when they get to that position that you're just like, I don't want to follow this person. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to make sure that people don't have to go through this garbage mess to, to, get to this jaded position because that's that's all, always how it's been done it's like oh no <laughs> and then yeah the other fun thing too is when people get thrust into leadership positions something else i've noticed they basically watch the movies and like yeah that's how you do it and it's never the right example it's always the wrong <laughs> people like, no gosh no, it's not how you do this. Why? yeah yeah i um yeah i <laughs> there's a lot of bad like introductions to leadership that like th there's no there's no structure to it you know when people are just like yeah we think you can do this and then they get thrown in and they're like there's no life raft there's no floaties nothing <laughs> just swim <laughs> But yeah, it, it's it's something I think that a lot of places can improve on. Really, like you know the the big question in the industry is like why are people leaving? Um, whether that's the company or the industry itself, and a lot of the time it's management. And you know you're you have poor management. You don't want to work for these people. Like you have to spend like. The hours that I spend on films is ridiculous. Like it shouldn't be a thing. Uh, I've had over a hundred hour weeks and, you know, sitting in front of a computer and, you know, don't get me wrong. I know that I'm privileged to be working on films, but like, yeah. <laughs> but it, when, when you say blood, sweat and tears were poured into this, like it, it was like, um, it's, and it's not like it shouldn't be a norm um it is and it's definitely something that gets talked about but not really action to fix a lot of the time um there's some companies that are you know actively working on fixing that for their company but as a general like overview of vfx companies they're you know they run their people into the ground um you know, so if you're going to have that and not have good leadership, of course, people are going to want to leave. I don't want to sit through this. <laughs> oh, miserable. That sounds miserable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, yeah, so the sun shining in, I'm like, this is the only sun that I get some days. Like, <laughs> um, But yeah, like it definitely shouldn't be the norm and being able to... Uh, to make sure that, you know, 
especially now with there being a lot of hybrid or like work from home uh, work, it's really important to make sure that people feel like they're contributing and feel like they're part of the team still. You know, they could be in Vancouver and you still need to make sure that they feel like they're part of the team here in New Zealand. Um, and I feel like a lot of people struggle with that. And especially in like leadership, they're they're like, I don't know what I can do. Um, but, you know, there's small gestures that go a really, really long way. Um, one of the things that uh, that I enjoyed when I was in Nashville, because I was working for Weta from Nashville um, the first year, and it was hard. Uh, I was working to their hours, so I was working like two in the afternoon to like two in the morning. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, sometimes even later, sometimes even later. Yeah, gross. Um, but it, the the part that helped it feel like I was still working with the team and really, you know, part of that uh, was the uh, the trainer for comp was um, he created a group that that we uh, was named Digital Gypsies, uh, <laughs> and you know it was just a group of us, and we would sometimes have like. Uh, a meeting where you know we're just shooting the shit and just talking uh, you know how's life going and you know what cool things have you done recently and that kind of thing um so it wasn't about work at all like you know when it comes to work uh, sometimes I'm just like leave me alone like <laughs> I just want to do the work you know but uh the the part that you make sure people feel like they're part of the team is is that kind of leadership you know he's not my boss every day but you know coming into the company he wants me to like he wants to make sure that everybody feels like they're a part of something even though they might be in a different time zone or a different country uh we have this group that's like there's people that you can relate to that you know the, they're also in this same boat and you know, it's, there's some difficulties of getting used to like, oh, you know, is my internet slow or is it the internet that's happening? Like, go ahead, New Zealand, like what's going on? Um, but, you know, those similar, similar um, experiences, being able to to share that with a smaller group of people made it feel a lot more like, you know, we're in this together kind of thing. Um but yeah, like I think that's so important now, uh, especially with the work from home stuff. Yeah, global market, that's critical. Absolutely just critical. Yeah, for sure. I feel like we're going to pivot here a little bit. We've had a great leadership conversation. We've got to hear about the different places you've been, all the cool stuff you've got to do. So I'm going to hit you with a few rapid fire questions here. Sure. <laughs> Elaborate on as much of them as you want to. I just say rapid fire because I'm trying to change my lingo a little bit so it don't get stale. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so all the places you've been, you've named Nashville, Toronto, San Diego, Los Angeles, New Zealand, Savannah. Where's somewhere else in your bucket list to travel to? To travel to? Uh, probably Greece. I want to go back to Italy as well, but Greece like looks awesome. <laughs> There's no yes. like exact reason. Like it's not like, oh, I want to see this one specific thing. It's like 
I've seen so many videos and images of Greece that I'm like, yeah, that looks pretty cool. So I want to go there. Um, and yeah, and Vancouver. I've never been. But it's like, how did I not go? It's like right there yeah. <laughs> from LA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you say that, but I live within 30 miles of the Canadian border for a while. And I went to Canada once. <laughs> kept thinking, yeah, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go. Yeah. And ended up going to Kingston, which is not a very big city. No, it's not. It's no, super it's, tiny. <laughs> it's like, I guess it's a little bit bigger than Savannah. Not much. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the closest place we went to Kingston. We're like, yeah, we really should have gone somewhere else. <laughs> All right, I got a wonderful bird going off again, like us off every hour. So we've been talking a while. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so through the wonderful chirping sounds, next question. Out of all of the works that you've done, could you share some with us that don't have any NBA conflicts? Um, yeah. I mean, okay. So Loki, I kind of got permissions to talk about for uh, a different interview um, that was for CG Spectrum, but it was more about that specific show. Uh, that show was a doozy marvel shows just in general like everyone hears about marvel shows and how difficult they are um they are um it's it's mostly because there's a lot riding on it you know they the standard is is really high and you you need to hit that every time otherwise you know people start to fizzle out and so the the standard for marvel films is intense um and you know that's kind of the driving force behind what uh what kind of makes it a marvel film um but yeah like on, on that show uh i wound up leading a really cool team like everybody on my team was friggin' awesome and they <laughs> i don't apologize a lot for the client because they would give a note and it would be literally the opposite of what they just said the day before and it keep happening and we're all like oh my god did they not just say that they wanted this and like yes i'm sorry we just we have to do it let's just go back <laughs> um <laughs> but that that show was really fun where you know we got to do the pompeii sequence um where Loki goes back in time and to Pompeii and he warns everybody that they're all about to die. Um, and he's like, see, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, the, that whole sequence was really fun up to the point where we had to do a bunch of close-ups of um, Owen Wilson and the hair notes on that entire sequence was oh my gosh they were uh pardon my french they were pixel fucking the entire sequence like it was so bad it was it was brutal um and there were there were days where we were like okay let's just distribute these shots to as many people as possible to just get them out uh like you know all the shots were on like two or three people and I could see that that person was like, I'm going to cry. 
like, I can't keep doing this. So I was like, okay, let's spread out the work. Let's get through it. Uh, you know, we, we've got some extra hands. We can absolutely get through this without, you know, killing you. Um, <laughs> and yeah, the, that, that sequence was hard. Um, but there was a lot of really cool stuff. We had a lot of the Tesseract stuff and, um, setting up like a template for that was really cool. Uh, that was kind of like the way to pass that same, um, object through all these different shots you know the shot was in like hundreds of shots or the the tesseract was in hundreds of shots and um we had to make sure that it looks the same in all of them uh yeah so making <laughs> making something that was like okay put it in the shot let's see how it looks and then from there if we need to make any changes we can do that but making sure that it kind of went from shot to shot without having to you know reinvent the wheel every time was was part of the the fun of that show um the other one like i can only say so much but i got to hold the oscar for avatar and i'm stoked yes. but at the same time i'm not allowed to share the photo <laughs> so it's a secret excitement for me <laughs> me you and the, you know, like, the face of this and how do you like <laughs> I'm gonna like blur out the the Oscar, and it's just gonna be me holding a blur. <laughs> Can't disclose uh, what that is. Cannot <laughs> confirm it. Razor is not an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, that like the the visuals on that film are incredible. Um, there was a lot of innovation that happened over the like five plus years that the film was being made. Um, and you know you could see it throughout the entire film you know like there there were visuals that were like, like breathtaking um so being able to work on the film that was one of the driving forces that kind of brought me to new zealand is getting to work on avatar um because it wasn't something that i was allowed to do from nashville so it's like you make a choice, you stay in Nashville, you work on something else, or you can come to New Zealand and work on Avatar. And I was like, well, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's funny. I wound up, you know, taking a pay cut because of the exchange rate and not having any benefits and anything like that. But like to me, it was worth it to work on this film and then to be able to hold the Oscar. You're like, oh my god, like this all paid off. <laughs> Like I'm never gonna get this opportunity again. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, sucks I can't share it though. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the. I mean, I I bet there's something way above my head that I'm not catching here, but that's just weird that you can't share that picture. It's. I think it's more the company than the the Oscar itself because if you go on LinkedIn, you see a bunch of people holding different Oscars for different you know years of films or whatever, um, and even other awards. Uh, but when, like, when they go to or when they went to hand you the Oscar when you're waiting in this like big long line of people, they're like, you know, no rings. You can't share it on social media. You, you know, can't do this and that. And you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it'd be good uh, I mean, 
I I don't know. I, I'm sure they have their own reasoning and, you know, I'm not going to be the one to not comply with the rules, like, you know, be a rule breaker. Uh, I just like, okay, that's fine. But, you know, I, <laughs> I have it for myself and I can say it. They didn't say anything about not saying <laughs> that I have a So that's the thing you're trying to hide behind your head that you keep blocking out, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, that right there, um, that is uh, my first actual, like, award is a contributor award for uh, Vikings when we won uh, for um, Outstanding Visual Effects in a Photoreal episode, I believe. Um, yeah, like, that was the first time I got an award. I was like, oh, what? We get, we get a little, like, certificate and stuff? <laughs> That's a thing. But yeah, like most of the time, you know, you might not even see the the award. Like I've worked on nearly 60 projects and I've only got that one and the picture with the Oscar. I've never even like seen the other ones. And a lot of them have gotten awards. <laughs> I guess somebody way up there decided, hey, this is mine. Hold on. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There's this thing called uh, uh, Visual Effects Society and they have their own award show and it's meant to be about the visual effects, obviously, but um, it's it's more for the people like in the industry that actually know about it. But that award is meant to be for the people that are actually doing the hands on work, but more and more you find that the people that are going up and accepting these awards are the ones that didn't actually like they they obviously worked on it but they didn't do the 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 dirty work i guess um and there are some people that kind of fight for it that that are like no we want to nominate artists or we want to nominate you know some of the leads or whatever but most of the time it's you know the visual effects supervisor which is top tier uh of the film industry uh management um as far as the visual effects go obviously the directors above them but the the yeah. directors usually not uh, part of the uh visual effects awards uh, not in that way at least they're you know they have their own kind of category um but yeah like there's some people that kind of fight for it okay this award we want to nominate the people that like we saw you know, first thing when I came in and for like last when I was leaving. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the, the like prized award that you would want to get in visual effects is like, you know, obviously the Oscar is the Oscar, <laughs> yeah. but, but you know, the next best thing is the visual effects awards. And you're just like, you know, this is, you're doing the top work in visual effects for that year. Um, and that's, you know, huge to be a part of. I saw a friend of mine that um, won one of the awards and I was like, this is amazing. Like we were just talking about, you know, working on these crazy films and we don't get to see this, the, you know, reap the rewards that, you know, come with these award shows. And to see her up there, I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> Oh, like we've come full circle. This is badass. 
but yeah yeah it's uh it's definitely like you know it's not something that you always get to see as a visual effects artist you don't always get to see the awards and so when you have the opportunity to have somebody that actually is willing to share the award with you and like you know take your like you know allow you to take photos with it like that's something so simple that goes such a long way you know to to feel like oh i did this too <laughs> so next time we all watch a movie just remember it's not just the actors or the director there's a lot of people who are really hard to pick that up oh yeah yeah in all different departments and that's not everybody Yep. That's the, also an important part is that like, you know, you go, oh, these credits are so long. You're like, yeah, but that's not everyone. So they need to do a sub credits after like, if you want to know more, click here. And you can <laughs> sub you know, people really yeah. <laughs> well, I like to end on a quite pretty much the same question with everybody. And this one's going to be interesting for me because I knew you at this point. So, you know, there's different ages in life. We kind of talked about senior year was a big pivotal point for you. But I like to try to do something different, you know, add my own flavor to it. So you're going from eighth grade to freshman year, you know, that age about 14, there's a lot of pivotal changes going on. So if you go back and talk to your 14-year-old self, what would you say? Uh, life's hard. <laughs> it's it's normal. <laughs> uh, it's not anything that you're it's not anything that you're doing wrong but being able to step back and take a look at what's going on around you and really hang on to the people that are around you because you really don't know what other people are going through um being able to being able to be strong for yourself but also be strong for others um i think that you know, when I was about that age, I was, you know, trying to be friends with everyone um, because I didn't want to be in like a single clique. You know, you'd like, oh, it's the cheerleaders and the football players and this and that. Um, but being able to be friendly with everyone, um, it gave me this like this sense of uh, belonging to something bigger than just, you know, I am popular, or that kind of thing. It, it helped me to see that uh, other people have different struggles and being able to um, just listen to other people. And if they have, you know, questions or if they have concerns, being able to just be open and listen to people. You know, sometimes we, go through and we're like you know there's so much going on in my life that like i can't handle this or that and it's you know giving the giving somebody the time of day because you never know you never know if it's it's something that's gonna be life-changing or if it's something that you know somebody just needs just a little bit of um empathy you know just being able to listen to somebody uh goes a really long way um and you know I, when i was about that age it was like i was trying to 
to do so many things and then be also that person that kind of like, you know, was there for everybody, but you know, it's, uh, some people don't always take that, um, like, uh, some people think like, oh, you're just being friendly, just to, like to be friendly. Like you're, you don't actually care. Um, but like, even then I was somebody that cared a lot about everyone. Um, so, you know, talking to my younger self, it's like, it's okay to, you know, take a step back. Um, and it's okay to not please everyone. Um, you know, I, I always, pr uh, was proud of myself to, you know, be, be able to talk to anybody. Um, but sometimes, you know, there's, there's times where I could feel that like it was, you know, weighing on me, but I would still, you know, push through it. So I think that it's, it's something that I would tell my younger self and other younger people is to, that it's okay to take a step back and it's okay to look out for yourself. You know, before I was like, I'm, I'm fighting for all these people and I'm, I'm wanting to do this for this person um and then not really taking care of myself um so i think yeah i think that that would be one of the big things that i would tell people is that it's okay to you know take care of yourself it's something that's needed uh and you know it's okay to take a step back and if you need extra time for something or if you need you know if you need space or whatever be able to to say it and you know and act on it um like you know i know for us we've we've been trying to schedule this thing for like damn near a year um <laughs> and like uh the reason i wanted to to reschedule every time is like i i don't have the mental capacity to you know have a chat with you and actually really open up about stuff and really like have this conversation without my brain thinking, oh, okay, I need to go do this and I need to do this. And like, you know, making sure that I gave you the the proper time and effort of, you know, having a conversation that actually like, it's something we can go back and forth with, you know, not, not, so, not so much like, okay, I'm just doing this because I have to, you know, like, so that's, that's, something I've learned getting older is that it's okay to, you know, ask for extra time. It's okay to step back and be like, I like, it's too much, you know? Um, but yeah, like, uh, I feel like I I've learned a lot <laughs> from not doing that. Like when I was younger, but I've had to learn a lot, like the hard way, you know, a lot of misery came with, with that, <laughs> a lot of mental issues, like to, like really feeling down on myself, you know, to be able to look back and go, okay, like I can now say, you know, I don't have the time for this or I don't have the mental capacity to, to, you know, have this meaningful conversation <laughs> that, that people would actually want to listen to. Um, but I'm glad that I'm in that spot now where I'm like, yes, let's do this. <laughs> I don't know if, if you cancel one more time. I was about to end twenty years of friendship. <laughs> no, I wouldn't blame you. You're my second longest standing friend. I can't cut you off. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah. No, this has been really fun and you know, like uh in other podcasts and stuff I've talked about mostly just like my career and not really the, you know, the struggles behind where I got to and that kind of thing. Like obviously I've mentioned before that, you know, like went to school for animation and then realized I was bad at animation. Like the the story gets old, you know, like <laughs> I'm tired of telling it, <laughs> but you know, it like, it's, but you know, hearing or being able to talk about the, the struggles of, you know, my time in LA and uh, you know, having to make a career decision when I was like, I don't actually know what the hell I want to do. I just know I want to do art. You're like, yeah, great. Uh, cool. What are you going to do with that? I don't know. <laughs> Even now I'm like, I, you know, I really like compositing, but there might be other things out there where I'm like, Oh, that looks fun. Like I'm learning about unreal, which is a game program that they're using a lot more for virtual production. And I'm loving it so far. So, you know, I've, I might be doing that in the coming years. I have no idea. Um, but I know that, you know, my my career path has always been art. And I think that that's always something that's going to stay true. <laughs> it's a broad category and allows you to adapt. So that, that, yeah. I've never been able to understand, you know, especially early 20s or something like yeah, I could do this for X amount of years yeah. until you realize how long X amount of years is. And you're like, oh, I, 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 that's fun. I don't think I, yeah, you could say I was in the army for 10 years. Yeah, sure. But that's not one job. I've yeah. never held one single job for longer than 18 months in my entire yeah. adult life for various reasons, you know, but it's just one of those where like, it gets stale. And once you've gotten so used to that, you're like, okay, now yeah. I want to do something else. Now I want to do something else. And yeah. just, who knows what they want to be when they grow up. So at least you have a broad category. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's uh, part of our personalities too, is that we, if we're bored, we're like, let's change this up. Like, let's do something else. Uh, but some people just get so stuck in that I've been doing it for this long and they're like, it's going to be hard to leave or, you know, I'm going to lose money by changing jobs or whatever. But like, are you really living? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> there's a difference. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's that I've always been that kind of person that like, I need, I need a lot of things to keep me going. And if, if I don't have that, then I'm like, it's on to the next thing. Like it's, you know, and it's funny because I've had people describe me as squirrely <laughs> because I, I can't sit still. Um, but yeah, like, it, and I like, I've used it as like, yes, I'm squirrely. Like it's not a bad thing to me. <laughs> Like I need stuff to do. So, you know, when I'm on a job and they're like, oh, we don't have anything for you to do yet. I'm like, well, you better find something. <laughs> like, a, I don't, I don't have time to do nothing. <laughs> it was not an overly popular movie. So I don't even know if you've seen that. Something accepted. Did you ever see that movie when it came yeah. out? I can't remember. But the guy who has like the really short attention span, he like sits down to do the yoga and he's like, that was great. That was great. <laughs> I can't just sit there. I'm like, nope, gotta do something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
exactly yeah yeah i've always been like that and i think that like i think that's kind of fun <laughs> to be honest you're like i i you know i need something that's always going to be you know motivating me for getting to the next step like you know uh for the longest time i had the goal of getting here to Weta. I'm like, okay, I'm here. I'm in New Zealand. I'm at Weta. What's next? <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, you hit the goal, you've achieved it. And then now you set another one, you know, and you just you know, keep going. And I'll probably do that up to retirement. I might even do it in retirement, to be honest. Like, I feel like I can sit still. <laughs> And so one of my favorite bosses that I work for, and he's a, I hate to even call him a boss, he's my friend, you know, we still stay in contact. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yep, I'm retiring. I'm going to start being a sailing instructor. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Right. I, I don't see, I don't ever see myself fully retiring. I'm not going to just go golfing and fishing every day. Like, I got to have something to do. Yeah. 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 Something. Yeah. And I like, for me, uh, like, something that I like to do kind of on the side is design shoes, like not design as in like, just draw them, but do draw and do markers and paint and that kind of stuff on shoes. Um, and that's always something kind of like liked to do, even though I hate myself when I'm doing them, like, God, why did I do this? Uh, but I feel like that that's going to be something I wind up doing in retirement is just like, okay, I can still do art and I can do this like wherever I want, whenever I want. Um, so I feel like that's going to be one of the things I wind up doing in retirement. <laughs> so I want to open up the floor to you for any kind of closing comments or anything. Um, I think something that I always kind of say to people is that if you have questions to ask them like a lot of people are afraid to ask questions because they're afraid oh this might be a stupid question or this might be this might not come off the right way or whatever but if you have questions just ask them you know you'd be surprised how many people actually want to help you um but they don't know unless you tell them uh and the other thing is to not assume that people are mind readers you know if you feel a certain way about something or you know like you need to tell people because nobody knows what you're going through and nobody knows what's going on in your head except you uh and even sometimes you don't know um <laughs> <laughs> most of the time i don't know <laughs> uh but yeah i think like you know being being vulnerable is part of that whole being able to ask questions. Um, you know, you, you have people that are afraid or they have the, you know, like introverted personalities to where they don't want to, you know, they don't want to exert energy uh, trying to, you know, appease other people and that kind of thing. And they, you know, they don't want to be around about a lot of people and that, that's completely fine. Like, you don't have to do anything. Uh, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Um, but it's, you know, if you want people to understand what you're thinking or how you're feeling, then you're going to have to find a way to voice it, no matter like how that, that actually is. Um, I know for me, like if I'm in a, uh, like a, uh, like a conflict 
um, whether that's, you know, at work or uh, at home, you know, you, you have this, like for me, I, I have this like um, reaction where I'm like my, my eyes will start to water and I'm like, I'm going to cry. It's not because I'm sad. It's because like I have so much rage. Um, so, you know, <laughs> um, but, you know, you have to be able to to look inward and go, OK, like is like, how can I say that? this is how I'm feeling about the situation because everybody's interpretation of what's going on is going to be different than what you, you think, because the, that's just how people are, you know, they can't read your mind, but they might have been in this situation before, or they might, you know, think that everybody is the same in this way, but being able to um, voice what, how you're feeling and, and what you want um, is is going to go a long way and you'll be much happier for it. Even even if it's like, you know, you're like, oh, I have to do this ugly cry to get through this, then do the ugly cry, you know, like whatever. It's fine. <laughs> like you'll get over it. They'll get over it. But at least you've gotten, you know, it off your chest and you're not holding it in uh, because, you know, it's, it's more damaging for yourself to just keep it inside and not, you know, share that with somebody you know share it with your dog you know <laughs> they're not going to tell anybody <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's great no that that is awesome advice and great closing thoughts and this is this has been so much fun and it's honestly it's a new record <laughs> nice. your podcast thus far but what do you expect when you're talking with an old friend you haven't caught up with in a while yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And I really enjoyed it. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, Britt. Sorry, my camera is literally blocking the recording button. So I'm trying to find it. So I'm going to have to Thank you for listening to Constructive Curiosity. Constructive Curiosity is presented by SFC Consulting. For all your career coaching, project management, and leadership development needs, SFC Consulting has the insight to get it right. Visit sfcconsultingservices.com for more information.